Hello and welcome to Ramble with Intent. I'm your host, Lisa Saban-Smith, visual strategist, advocate, ambition guide, and public speaker. And today I'm so grateful I get to introduce to you Dom Davio, also known as Handy Mum Dom on Instagram. Dom is one of those handy ladies, quick with the tools, even more quick-witted with her smarts. And this is a fabulous ramble. Enjoy. But first, let's talk about Devon and Lang underwear. These are by far the most comfortable underwear I have put on my butt for a very long time. 95% cotton, great patterns, solids as well. Plus, if you're a matchy-matchy couple, you can definitely go and get matching pairs of underwear. So check out the show notes at the bottom and go to devonandlang.com to see what I'm talking about. Make sure you use the code LISA15 for 15% off. Hello, hello, everybody. Today, I have the extreme pleasure of welcoming the lovely, the super talented Handy Mum Dom, Dom Davio. (laughs) And I am so thankful that you have taken your time to sit here and be with me on Ramble with Intent and to teach us a little bit more about empowering women to do the handiwork and to not be afraid to just reach out and ask and dial a mom if they need to. And also, Dom, You know, I had the pleasure of meeting you in September at the conference that we were all at in Kananaskis this this year, 23. And I say that you are like ranked up in my top three for huggers. And I will happily hug you any day that I can. And thank you for those hugs. So thank you for being here. Thank you for the hugs and welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a hugger. I just, I'm a hugger. That's it. I meet someone, even some of my clients. Sometimes that's how we meet, you know? Um, I was told the best currency is hugs. And you know what? I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't, I I have to agree. I don't like that. I couldn't agree more. It's such a double name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's just something about it. You know, it just energizes you. And I'm a firm believer in having at least minimal four to five hugs a day. Mm -hmm. So if it means hugging a stranger partway through the day, then so be it. You know, I'm just that kind of person. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And it was, it was such an amazing experience at the conference. You know, I mean, the hugs were just pouring out from everyone. Yeah. And, um, and even people who'd never really been huggers before became huggers, you know, yeah. Yeah. just the energy of that space and, and the, and, and the love that was in, in that room and all that we were taking in, you know? So, you know, we learned to hug ourselves too throughout the process. A hundred percent. Yeah. It was, I think it was, it was the best experience of what arriving with an open heart and a totally open mind could do for people on mass. And, and, and you, I think we all experienced it. It was really cool. And so uh, you also had the pleasure of speaking on stage and telling yeah. a little bit of your story. Um, so I invite you, let, tell us about yourself. Tell us your story. You don't have to tell the stage story, but tell the story you choose to tell and, uh, and how it's brought you to where you are today being this mm-hmm. handy mom that is like all of us other women just kind of look up to you because we're like, oh my God, she's handling a drill like a pro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you could say I've been handy all my life. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, when I was a kid, I just would pull apart my stereo and put it back together again, back when we had stereos to pull apart. <laughs> and um, I just have a how do things work kind of mind. Yeah. And um, yeah, my mom would hand me, it's, it's a story I tell because my mom would hand me this, the toaster because we had the springs and stuff that wouldn't work, you know. And um she she obviously knew there was something within me who that I could fix this dang toaster. And so, yeah, so I um, I just have always been a putzer and a builder of forts and it just expanded. And I taught myself a lot of things as I as I got older. And um, eventually uh, I stayed home with my kids when they were little for the first uh 10 12 years and um and after that I went back to school and I took a fine furniture and fine woodworking program okay uh for a year and then I worked in some cabinet shops and furniture making shops in my community here and I'm a non-linear person uh I needed variety and working in that type of environment was all about production and I'm not a production line gal my spirit was dying and I had this you know we'd been through some hardships in our in our life in um uh with my partner having been ill and stuff and so you know I was supporting my family on you know this uh, on the wages from this job and I just knew Uh, We went on a big trip to Asia for nine months. And when we came back, I went back to this job. And after seeing a lot of women abroad and noticing how limited we've been made to be, um, and just that that's the way it is in the world that women have to do the women things and men have to do the men things. And it just didn't sit right with me. And uh, when I came back, I went back to this job and, you know, I started thinking about what I wanted to do to make a difference, but like for women, but also for myself, because I needed to express that. I needed to express that in some way. And so I came, I came home one night and I'm like, I got to do this. I got to go. This is my vision is to work with women out there, um, homeowners and just women with their own spaces. Doesn't matter if you rent our own, who cares, but you know, uh, who want to have a woman come and work in their home. Well, that's a whole other ball of wax, isn't it? Because, you know, there's been people that have had experiences that aren't great with either trade people or they just have safety issues themselves because of situations that happened in their life. And so I was opening the door to a whole new world of possibility for how handy people could be out there, like, you know, introducing a woman. And at first, you know, I, I, I got joshed a little bit by some of the guys, you know, I'd go into Rona contract sales and, you know, I'd get these cute little comments and it toughened me up. I never, I never felt the need to respond and give them the old, you know, 
bird or anything of that. But I, I always just responded with, yeah, thanks. You know, because I took it as a compliment. Yeah. I took it as a compliment because someone was feeling threatened by my presence. And I thought, wow, there's some power in that. And I don't have to meet it with negativity. I could meet it with just what it is. And so some of those guys over the years um, have become friends and we work together uh, on certain jobs. I'll use their skills that I don't have to come in on projects. So, you know, building relationships for me is really important. And, um, and so over the years, I've, I've had this great business um, doing, you know, everything from having my, you know, seniors clients who just want me to come over and change their light bulbs and smoke detectors and hang pictures all the way to small scale renos, which I've, some of these guys who become friends became mentors for me also. So, you know, all this experience has come to, you know, 16 years of having done what I've done and exponentially growing and, and sharing my services with many women and, you know, couples, men that aren't handy, who are open to just a woman being in their house doing the work and having really great conversations with them and not, you know, this uh, tension thing, you know? Uh, And so I really feel blessed because I get to do what I used to do when I was a kid. It doesn't feel like work to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And that's how it should be. Yeah, exactly. And I, I wish that for so many people who, have desires to they have a dream we all have a dream we all see ourselves doing something and you know life takes us in different paths but that's always within us and I don't care how old we are I think it's really important to try it I started my business when I was 42 you know yeah so you know I mean you just I couldn't I couldn't ignore it it was like first it was the knock and then it was the you know baseball bat (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I haven't looked back and so now what I'm doing is I've taken I'm still doing handy mom which is you know just doing renos and doing all this work in people's homes but now what I'm doing is I'm expanding into sharing my knowledge and so I've developed a a service online service called dial a mom and what that is is for say you have a few tasks at home that you want to do, but you're not 100% sure how to approach it, or you don't have a lot of experience, we have a Zoom session and we come together and, you know, I, you fill out a form so I know where you're at and what you need. And I go away and I do a bit of homework. So when we get on this Zoom, I have some information for you. I can walk you through, I know what your level of comfort is. And I find information, I find locations, I give you the lingo to go and get that task done. Yeah. And we can have, you know, follow ups and, and, and I want to know how it went, right? Like, I want to celebrate with you because there's been a shame component around not knowing this stuff for women yeah and so my goal is to 
take the shame out of it, the embarrassment out of it. And let's just go and play. You know, I had a, a masterclass a couple of weeks ago to introduce people to what I do. And it was so fun. Like I had such different questions and it just brought so much joy. I can't even tell you, I was crying at the end of the thing when I hung up. Cause I was just like, so full Yeah, because it was what happened was there was a space where women could come and just express what's so for them yeah. and let that go and learn. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And then and the empowerment yeah. Yeah. within the group and yeah. with me, you know, and it, I, I know that if I can do it, you can do it too. Like no question. There's no question that's it's easy, you know, just holding a tool for the first time that you've never done, it can be scary, but with a little walkthrough or a little, I had a client who helped me the other day. She's like, are you sure I can do this? And I'm like, yes, here, take this tool, put the earmuffs on, let's go. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you know, and she was afraid to push and do this thing. And it was like, she was elated after. Yeah. So that is, that's why I do it. That's my why. It's just like to see that freedom feeling in a person. I love that. And I think in the end, when it comes to whatever our passion is, that's probably our why as well. It's not really the passion, but it's the the external results, the the sharing of the light bulb moment or being able to know that you just like elevated a person for a moment to be able to get them to that next step where they're now that they're like, Hey, what else can I do? What else can I figure out? Exactly. Uh, so how long yeah. are you doing this for? So which the dilemma or my whole business, um, your whole business, uh, I'm going into my 17th year this year. Amazing. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The only little glitch I had was for a very short time was in 2008 when we had the recession and I was down for about three, two, two, three months. And I was miserable because I was having to go back. I felt I had to go and look for a job and I couldn't find a job. Mm -hmm. Like I was fine, but I couldn't get a job. And one moment, one morning I woke up and I, I was like livid. I was talk. I was out in the backyard and I was literally screaming to the universe. I want to do handy mom. And I, you know, and I just, I just need you to bring me the clients. And I said, applying for jobs is killing my spirit. Like I literally was out there and screaming and I came back inside and I felt so much better because I just let it loose. The next morning, my phone rang and it was a friend of mine whose house had burnt down a few months prior. They finished building, rebuilding the house, but her uh, builder had to move on because the insurance company was had been taken so long. He was at a point where the next project needed to be mm. taken care of. Yeah. And so he said, do you know anyone who could come and hang doors and finish your windows, your windowsills and all this stuff? So she called me. And there it started. The universe answered. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, we need to get angry about what we want. We need to, that's what I learned from that, you know, like yeah. angry in a loving way. It's kind of like loving yourself and just, you know, 
Yeah. Just really saying enough of this. Yeah. I'm not going to be a Yeah. I get quiet, but I get quiet and introspective. Mm -hmm. And I actually did that. Um, 2020, I had a, uh, I had a brick and mortar public gym. And so we all know what happened to those. And instinctually, I was just like, this is not going to be this easy. And so I chose to close it. And then um, did that all that process. And I'm the eternal optimist. So it was like, don't worry, something, I'll find something, something will show up. Well, I applied for, I don't know how many jobs, I think over 300 jobs, got two interviews and they were all so promising and then never, nothing happened. And so I started to get quiet and inside in a journal i still have it it was like i will never chase work again i refuse to chase work i refuse to be good enough or just good enough i will only be accepted for being what i am worth and all these things and you know it's funny because i think either within like the week or a month i can't remember the timeline i got a phone call where yeah i got hired for a role that was great and perfect and when it's time evolved another one showed up and things just like started rolling that way and it's beautiful when it happens that way but it's when you start setting boundaries around yourself but things that allow you to really identify what your value is and what you're here to be giving to the rest of the world and what you want to be giving to the rest of the world. And granted, like we evolve and change and those things change, but your boundaries can change too. And I love how in the end, like that was a form of you doing like self-advocacy for yourself. Yes. And and your friend then heard your call and maybe you screamed loud enough. She heard you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, could be. I'm a loud mouth snook, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that possibility. Uh, it's it's so it's so much the same as like when we start speaking for ourselves, other people hear. Mm-hmm. And then they connect. And it might be complete strangers. So how many complete strangers have you worked with now? Hard to wow. count. <laughs> Yeah, over the years. And the cool thing is they started as strangers and some of them are return clients. So maybe, I don't know. You know, that's a really good question. I'm going to look that up. There you go. There's some I, would say, I would say maybe a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So you maybe I don't know, because there's little, little jobs. There's the bigger jobs. There's the return clients. Like sometimes I won't have heard from someone for five years. And and then I get a text or an email and I'm like, oh, this this name sounds familiar because it's been like 10 years ago. Or But I always remember them after we've started chatting. I'm like, oh, it's this job. (laughs) My husband does that too with his work. He like, he's been in his industry forever and he will end up, he'll get a phone call and people will be like, yeah, you used to work for this company and your stuff's still on our tank. And so we're calling because we need to change it now. And he's like, Kate, tell me where you are. And so they start saying, he's like, oh yeah. So you drive down this little valley and then there's trees all around <laughs> and there's a fence line and a big blue shop. And they're like, that's exactly it. And it could be from 25 years ago. 
Yeah. But that it's so funny how that's how you have that recollection is that experiential or there's like one unique piece. And uh, it's, it's fun hearing those stories because it's, it, it shows the impact of just our ability to give too, because when we are able to help and support other people, there's always a memory piece that is stuck in our brain. Whereas mm-hmm. I have found personally, if I wasn't successful in helping someone, I actually don't remember them at all because yeah. there's no connection. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I want to go back to what you were talking about, reflecting and yeah. going in because before I had my big explosion, I'm that type of person too. Like I go and I, and I had to sit for a while and go, okay, what's going on here? What's happening? Yes, there's this recession, but what's going on with me that I'm not able to keep going the way I was before. And, and like, I was asking me myself some hard questions and I'm a, I love personal growth courses. So, you know, I've, I've done um, landmark education courses for 30 some years. I, you know, and so I've always, I always am learning in some way. And I, a reflective way is so important for me to go, like you say, go inward and, and think about what's going on over here and how is, how am I impacting my space? And, and then that's not consistent because, you know, we get, I know I get thwarted all the time by, by, you know, my mindset, but that was a big piece of, going in and and really asking myself what is it that I want yeah I know what I don't want but what is it that I want right so easy to highlight what we don't want yeah and our brain doesn't hear don't like when we say I don't want blah blah it hears I want blah blah yeah And so we manifest the thing we don't want. I'm really clear about that because I've created those situations for myself several times over the years. And I go, shit, like 2020 hindsight. It's like, I'm focusing on that thing again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like fear, right? When we we identify the fear and live in it. Then yeah. it constantly shows its face. But if we identify and say, okay, cool, goodbye. Or come for the ride as right? my partner. You can be there, but I'm not going to pay attention to you because yeah. it has other things. And fear can be a messenger too, right? Yeah, it can. Absolutely. So, so we can, you know, kind of bring it along for the ride, but not have it be a partner in, in, in what we're doing, you know? Yeah. We don't have to hold its hand. No, exactly. No connection. (laughs) (laughs) You can be there, but I'm not touching you. (laughs) That's right. So in 2008, when that all happened, do you think maybe one of your blocks was you were operating in fear? Oh, absolutely. Not only was I operating I was operating in fear, but not only my fear. 
Oh yeah. You were the environmental fear too. Hey, well, I was, I was taking on my partner's fear. Ah, yes. You got to go look for a job. Got to support the family. All that stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and that was, that was kind of a big one for me in, on my journey. Um, We're not together anymore, but living in someone else's fear, enabling my role in enabling that. Yeah. Um, Coming out of that has completely shifted my, I knew I was in it. I couldn't, I, I didn't have what it took at that time to, to separate myself from it, even though, you know, there were some, moments and 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 lots of conversations around this is what we're creating it's not serving us and whatever but there was always a limit as to how far that conversation could go mm-hmm. and so you know when when i realized i'm i'm living i'm taking on someone else's fear that's not mine i was able to have that distinguished moment mm-hmm. So that I could stand on my own and say, no, this is what I want. And so that came in and out over time. But in that particular 2008, yeah, I was like, no, I'm not having this. I'm having this because this is important to me. And it's important for me to, to support my family the way that I envision. Yes. Right? Yes. So how, like, damn, how powerful is it? Like that choice, that choice, those two choices, today's going to be a good day or today's going to be a bad day. I'm going to live this way or my life is going to live this way. It's going to look this way. It's going to operate this way. Like if only we could get everybody to be able to confidently go through that choice process and know that they actually can have that choice. And they do have that choice every single day, every single minute. Yeah, we do. And I think in order to be able to see that we're capable of doing that, we have to have some hardships Yeah, to go through. We're not designed to... I think we're... What how we're designed is to have situations to snap us to, and sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't, right? Right. Yeah. And and so and sometimes we're we're ready because one of the things I learned along my personal journey and counseling and you know um, life is that. We're only given opportunities that we're ready to receive. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher shows up, right? Yeah. And so I think that sometimes we need to get that thing has to keep happening in order for us to snap to. And some of us do and some of us don't. Yeah, I wish that everyone could see that. I try to... Um, encourage my kids to see from that perspective. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, because they're stuck in a, 
in a way in of thinking or in an emotional experience that they can't snap out of. I've been there. I've been in moments where I was in such a dark, dark place that it didn't matter what people said to me or what I was trying to take in. It wasn't landing because I wasn't ready to hear it. I had to go through this dark morass crap to see a little bit of light, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important for us to really honor the dark sh- sh- stuff. Oh, go for it. You can swear. It's okay. totally fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I always drop the yeah. bummer. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I, but we have to welcome peace. Bit. Yeah, we have to welcome the messy too, right? Like we actually have mm-hmm. to. We don't have to wallow in it, but we have to welcome it because yeah. that is what actually, to me, brings us back to our humanity and allows us to create that ability to actually have empathy for others when they end up in the messy too and being able to be like it's okay I don't know what you're going through but I know what the messy is like and so sit in it learn from it that's all I ask from you is learn from it and then we'll walk through together afterwards yeah yeah such an important piece And, you know, grief is a big part of the growth. And um, I learned that um, when I left my relationship, there was a lot of grief I had to go through. I still go through it at times, you know. And to honor that grief, like, you know, we were never taught to understand grief that it's so multifaceted it doesn't matter what kind of loss you've had yeah and it's really important to talk to the grief to acknowledge the grief because it's part of the process we always wanted to just be well you know the attitude out there and I've several times is, you know, you just, you know, just, just get over it. Or, you know, aren't you over that yet? And it's been two years. Look, my sister's, my, my middle sister passed away 27 years ago. It's still, I still am grieving her at times. It just depends. It's a wave. I still grieve my relationship. I still grieve different parts of my life that I thought how I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Um, me too. There's so many different things, and it's loss is loss. And so I think it's important for us to really embrace that because that's a huge component of growth. 100% is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you with your business, you know, I'm sure you went through some really dark, hard letting go experiences with your beautiful gym that you'd spent so much energy like I could start crying just thinking about it right now because I I can feel that you know and I just think it's really important to encompass all of it yeah oh absolutely and yeah there's no denying I actually went through like a purposeful hiding process where it was in part because I didn't want to deal with the 
how are you doing? When are you going to open it again? You know, what's your plan? And it was like, I don't have a fucking plan. I have no plan. <laughs> like, I'm, And don't ask me about my baby that just died. Like, that's how it felt. Right. And yeah. So, and there's, of course, there's like a whole bunch of other things that those moments then cat were catalyst to other moments too. So the grief part, a hundred percent, like, you know, you'll still hear, um, people ask me about my bobsleigh experience and there'll be moments when I, I get to talking about that, you know, final year of trying to qualify for the Olympics and I'll start crying because there's still grief there too, because there was so much possibility that despite all of my efforts never happened. And yet I still walked away with a really good experience, but there's that, that question of like, well, what if, what would have mm-hmm. happened if, right. But I can't, I can't, I have to just move forward and take the good lessons with it and take what helps me really recognize in what environment do I thrive. And that was a huge learning piece. So the grief there was important, but it was the lesson that I took from it moving forward, much like in any experience, right? Is being able to go through it, feel it, experience it, but also leave room for learning so that then we can take those things to move forward into our next step as well. Or how was that for you? Pardon me? What was that for you? Uh, the learning experience, the lesson mm. Mm. was that I thrive best in a position of leadership, but leadership alongside my peers. Yeah. Um, so by leading by example, by showing how things can be really good rather than telling. And I thrive in highly supportive environments where my leaders encourage me to solve the problem myself first and just guide me in the direction and giving me that autonomy and where they they reflect my own faith back into myself and mm. that's that's where i thrive the most and in like corporate world that was really hard finding any of that anywhere um and then even in a lot of the self-employment world, it was hard finding that too, because then you're you're kind of solo and you're alone. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. learning, it is expanded to learning how to bring the right people in that help deliver that leadership experience as well, where we're all doing our own thing, but we're all leading each other into a higher, the next step up by way of encouragement and reflection and let me talk it through, but you're going to find the answer on your own kind of processes instead. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it's still a, it's still a learning experience for me too, to not always go into the, well, I'll solve the problem for you. And instead watching them find that problem or the solution on their own by just really good questions. Right. So there's still always that, that ego base that wants to be the hero, but yeah, it doesn't work. It just, it, for me, it doesn't work. And it's not where things are in flow. If I am trying to force a solution, then nothing flows and everything's hard. So why live in that state? Yeah. It's great that 
Um, you're able, I think that's the, that's the other side of the growth is when we start noticing it's the noticing I find like, I, I have conversations with myself in my truck. Sometimes, you know, I'll have, Oh, look, you're still here. Oh, look, but it's in the noticing Yeah, that we have choice. If we can't notice, we can't be aware. We can't change anything or, or shift things. We, because change Change is a big word. Do we actually change or are we just shifting things slightly? Because we can't change our full makeup. What I'm hearing from you is like, I can just see you like your, your metaphor for the bobsled is everyone's an individual. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I got from it. Like it blew me away. You're all individuals in the bobsled. You're all putting in your individual strengths. Yep. And yet as in as those individuals come together, when you all jump in and you're like heading down the fast, I've always wanted to be a bobsledder. Oh my God, this is such a great combat. I can feel it. Like I can feel the speed. Anyway, you're all working as one. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you're saying is what I'm hearing is the, the lesson that you learned was that's crucial for you in your life and to be able to bring those qualities into your life and creating something else for yourself. You didn't change. You just shifted. Like it's a shift. It's it's about bringing those hard gifts that we've learned with us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love like, I love what I love that you said that because I'm it, it has me thinking, well, how the hell did I end up where I am? Because I'm all about I'm 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 hearing what you're saying about lifting people up, giving them the fishing pole, not the fish, right? Yeah. That's 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 where the that's where the beauty happens. That's where I get so excited because like you know, after this masterclass call, I got a message from one of the people that were on the call and she's like, Hey Dom, I'm still having this issue. Can we do a, can you tell me about, like, she asked me a few questions. I I said, video call me. So we video called and, and she was trying something new, something else. She's like, so it got her thinking about, well, could it be this or could it be that? And I was like, Oh my God, we were on there for an hour. I was so excited just to be part of it. You know, that's amazing. But that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it's, you know what? It's, it's, I guess you could, if we're going to get really like Olympic metaphor, it's like passing the torch, right? Yeah. Being able to say like, here's what I know. And it's your turn now. And then I will support you. I'll, I'll be behind you. And if you need to look back and get a little bit of extra guidance, I'm here. But here's your torch. You take it and you own it. And then it's been really cool because I went into a coaching role and um, was able to pass on like the passions in terms of the fitness realm into the athletes that I worked with and, and, and watching them like, just be like, I can, I'm that strong. It's like, yeah, you're that strong. And then it would come into, well, what else can I take on in life? What else can I go and experience? What else can I challenge myself with? Maybe I can do this now too, rather than just going through life inside the box 
that I don't even know who created around these individuals. And it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's taking away the permission to be small and giving all of the empowerment to just walk around with big shoulders, broad shoulders, walk tall and saying, okay, what's next? And let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And to be able to, I love the past the torch thing because, you know, I watched when the 2010 Olympics came, there were a few torches being passed on the Island and just the pride that each person took in taking that torch next and running or walking or wheeling wherever they were going to the next person with I just got a chill because yeah. Oh man. That just like, just that in itself. I, it's that's, what it, that's what we all have that gift within us. That's the thing. And you're talking about, you know, supporting athletes and I'm talking about supporting women in their homes. And I've had the same exact experience with doing that. It, uh, our, our home health and our ability to take care of our home health affects our mental health, affects, you know? And yeah. so that's where I'm coming from now. I'm looking at it from a whole different place than just walking into a woman's home and going in and fixing it for her. No, when I'm there, I talk the whole, I think I'm driving them crazy, but I talk and I talk things through. And if they're interested, I always ask them, are you interested in knowing how this works? Because this will tell you, this will give you information on, you know, if you have a problem in the future, either with this or something else, it, it, it drops a seed like, oh, well, maybe I should go and investigate this Mm -hmm. just like you're, you're coaching athletes. And they're like, holy crap, I wonder how much stronger I am if I go over here and try this exercise or, or what else can I do in my life that now that I've found this inner strength, physical strength. Yes. It's it's amazing how many ways we can approach personal growth. Totally, totally. And you know what, it just means like your, your curious minded heart I'm a curious mind. We we probably both, I know we're both generators if anyone follows human design. Um, mm-hmm. So we're both constantly seeking information because it just, in a sense, fulfills our need for new things because we, <laughs> we get bored very easily. Um, but I, I, it just, what you said just reminds me like curiosity is contagious. Mm-hmm. So even if we're teaching a skill we know now, but we learned it because we were curious. It also then gives us that platform to encourage someone else to be curious to then learn as well. And, and, and that's another form of personal growth, right? It's another form of, I mean, it's education. It's all these things, which is just in the end, the expansion of ourselves and our community and humanity as a whole is the more that we can learn, the more that we can be curious and the more that we can help that curiosity spread, then like, I don't know, the greater conversations can be the greater how we operate and connect with each other can be too. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And, and what happens is the curiosity, when it becomes greater, we start 
expanding our community circles and it becomes this web it becomes this web of of um resource of friendship of community on so many different levels right Uh, yeah and so like yeah that's like a total valid point you're making absolutely yeah it's exciting it is. It, it really is. And it's like, I, I, I guess when I know you've trained your, your kids to be curious souls as well. And it's, it's something that I mean, cognizantly for me with my child, I work really hard to try and maintain that curiosity. I, there's moments I don't, and I shut it down and, and then it does. I go back and apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I wonder it just makes me wonder if right now we're kind of lacking some curiosity because we've been in such a state as a whole of just like, it is what it is. This is the information and, and take it for what it's worth. Um, that we don't, we actually don't know how to ask questions anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, we're, we've been given, I mean, you look at the school system, we've been given, we've been put in an environment where we regurgitate Yes. There's no room for creativity there, except maybe in the art room, but that's not really worth anything because no, it's, it's just art, guided art, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, I mean, you, you, you listen to any of the quotes from Einstein, from, you know, Aristotle, any of the great people out there, and they're no greater than anyone else. Yes, they invented things, but they're humans too. And they could see, as we can see, that we're all of it. Yeah, we're all of it. There's parts of science. I sucked at biology, but give me physics. Oh, how things work. That's my freaking environment, right? Yeah, I was like a student in physics. I was, you know, pulleys and oh, and this and that. Well, look at what I'm doing. I'm constantly pulling situations apart. I always dig to see what happened. How did we get to this issue? Right. Yeah. That's how I approach things. I say I come across a piece of rot or whatever. And I'm like, I pull things apart to see, well, where is that coming from? Cause we can put a whole door back together again, but we'll still have the same problem. I've chased leaks all the way up to the attic and found that there's a little pinhole that's been dripping for 10 years. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it's that curiosity, back to curiosity. Yeah, you, you reverse engineer the problem. Yes. And I think that's where the 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 curiosity, that's what curiosity is. It's, it's about looking at how is it that I got here? Okay, let's look at, that's why in, you know, monetize your mind and stuff, we have the mindset. Yeah. Monday. Because... It's an opportunity to reverse engineer, really, when you think about it. It's about looking back. Okay, what is it? When's the first time I actually started feeling this way? Oh, okay, back then. Well, I'm not that person anymore, but the effects of maybe something has happened such that I'm still looking at life a certain way. And so now I have an opportunity because I can't look back now. I can't go, oh, I didn't know that. I know that. So here's our, here's our opportunity to get curious. Okay. What's next? Yeah. And mindset, man, mindset is like, 
Oh, it is the controller of everything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we're going to stop learning that looking at things from different perspectives and, you know, having these kinds of conversations is just so awesome because it just, you know, it shakes us up a little bit because I hear maybe something I've heard before from someone else, but I'll hear it from you in a different way. And it hits me and it's like, hang on, I need to pay attention here because this isn't the first time I've heard this, but I'm hearing it from a different point of view or, or from a different heart place that I'm able to hear now, you know, and now I can grow and I'm like, whoa, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, there's times where, like you said, until the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? Mm -hmm. Or when the student is ready. And it's the same thing for those little nuggets of information and knowledge is it's once we're ready to actually digest it and understand it, then then we'll we'll keep hearing it until it actually makes its way in much like that 10 year drip. (laughs) It keeps going until it's caught. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's always going to be another thing that comes in our path to slow us down or to thwart our intention. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always there's going to be something. But I think it's the test of how passionate are you? How deep do you want this to go through or happen? And it's okay to not be okay sometimes too. We have to give ourselves that permission yeah. because, you know, one thing to say, oh, I worked through this and I worked through that. Yes, I have. And it's taken me years to get to a certain point in perhaps a, a, an area of my life, you know, but it's taken me less time maybe in another. Yeah. But it's been freaking hell at times. And I'm not going to lie. I had moment. I had two moments in my life where I wanted to commit suicide and I almost did. Mm-hmm. And so like we've I've I've faced the darkness like instead of instead of dying, I woke up two days later in a fog going. I'm still here, like, right. Yeah. But here I am. I'm so grateful for it because I wouldn't have had the, the my kids. I I mean I look back and I you know I'm grateful for 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 not having had that. And so it's important to not think that it's a. It's important to think it's okay to not be okay because if we're surrounded by people who love us and they'll hold space for us, they'll hug us, they'll whatever, you know, and it's, I think it's become more important when you are in a circle of safety with certain people that really can hear you to say what's so, yeah, because there's room there to just say what's so. Oh, I love you that. Know? Yeah. Because I- we're, we're meant to have community hold us together. We're meant, it takes a village didn't just pop out of somebody's mouth for no reason. There's a reason for that message. And we've been taught to keep, to separate ourselves. And that goes against my whole, my whole being. Cause like, I'm, I'm so need 
community. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's so important. And if anything, these last have brought us all together in this fateful way. Yes. Yes. Because the community is required and we're finding each other in so many different avenues and you know we're discovering we're rediscovering community at a whole new level i am i don't know if you are but i know i can't speak for everyone but well, i know i am yeah i'm finding i'm rediscovering um real community mm. and and the the type of community that i want to be involved in that is so uplifting and not in competition and is open to having conversations and a hundred percent good with where they sit in their beliefs, but excited to hear an opposing opinion. And that while we've all connected on some very common ground, we're also now really expressing and comfortably expressing because we feel safe within our community to be able to talk about, well, there's this other thing where I stand here, but you don't. Can you teach me more about your perspective? Whereas rewind even five years ago, I'm not sure I would have even known that that's exactly where I wanted to be. I knew mm -hmm. people and I knew, I knew I like, I I'm a bit of an introvert, but I do like being around people and having that connection piece. Um, but I wanted everybody who was a cheerleader for me and I was friends who were my cheerleaders, but cheerleaders actually don't help the team win. It's the coach that tells you that you're sucking hind tit and you need to pull your socks up. And sometimes yeah. that's what you need is you need those people who are, totally confident and know that they are safe in saying, Hey, you need, th this is where I stand. Will you hear me out? And then you can make the decision of where, what you want to take and what you don't want to take. And I love that. And I think that the sooner we can get back to that type of frame of mind on mass, the the sooner we will start getting closer to what we all actually envision as a way of life. But because and we, we, we've had that, we've had that. And all of a sudden there's been this thing that's happened where it's, it's created this way of thinking that it's, it's, it's negative to yes. have back and forth conversations, canceling this cancel culture thing. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I really want to acknowledge you because, um, the work that you're doing, this advocacy work that you're doing, and that's how we got yakking the first time, because I was like, what is she doing, this girl? <laughs> and, um, I, the way you're approaching it from a very heart-centered place, it's about human to human. It's not about issue to issue. Let's go back to just being human to human. I respect where you're at. Yes. And you respect where I'm at. We yeah. care for each other. And yet we're on different sides of the coin, but it's the same coin called humanity. Yeah. It's still round. Right. Yeah. 
And so I really love the way you're approaching things because it's giving people an opportunity. We're back to looking at something from a different perspective. And just, you know, I used to think, oh, just one person. I used to feel so small, you know, because they say one little drop can make such a huge difference. And I never really believed that, but I was in a different mindset back then. And I don't believe that anymore. I truly believe that one person can make a difference. And, you know, it's really um, in the last three years, the opportunity for me, I find that's that's that I stepped into is to be authentic, to just say what's so, you know, because I'm all of it. I'm not just handy mom. I'm not just going to go on Instagram or whatever and just talk about what I do. I'm not just one dimension. I'm all of it, you know, and I've had a few people say, well, you know, you can't talk about that. You know, it's your business, you know, and I'm like, yeah, no, it's give. So I think I think the gift out of the hard situation that happened over the last three years is that it's given us our voice back and we're able to sort of we're 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 learning, we're together, we're learning to express ourselves from our heart more and more. I'm seeing it all the time. And it's back to back to what you're doing is this advocacy and the way you're approaching it. I love it. I think you please tell me more. Thank you. Um, this isn't about me, Dom. It's about you. <laughs> Nothing's all about me. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, you know, we're in this together. We are. We totally are. <laughs> to we're totally in this together. Um, oh, all the really good phrases that just got ruined over the last four years now. <laughs> oh, man. No. Yeah. So advocacy, man, you know what? For me, I think it's always been a part of my life. I have, I started really looking back, like, when did I advocate and not knowing, like, to be honest, I probably only relearned this word, like in the last two years. Mm -hmm. Um, Before it was just standing up for myself and doing what's right. And expressing what my needs were. And um, it started when I was a kid. I probably, probably younger, but one that I remember was in high school. Um, My school didn't have enough students for one. Um, We did not have enough players to create a basketball team. It was my senior year and I played basketball every other year and I loved it so much. And uh, the league, would not let us create a team if we only had six players. Sure enough, we only had six. So I then took my mom and dad out for lunch one day. And like, and my parents are like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> right? Lisa has, Lisa has a, an, an ulterior motive here. And so I talked to them and advocated about like how sports is a big need for me. And at that time, that was when like the sports system was every sport has had a season. So the volleyball had finished basketball will start and so on. And it was like, you know, I cannot see not doing a sport. And so will you give me permission 
to then gain permission from the schools to play in a different school, which is 40 minutes down the road. I looked at my schedule. I can make it happen. Like all this stuff. I will drive myself. I'm responsible, blah, 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 blah. Um, And so that was the starting point of it. I played on the senior basketball team to the point where the school actually thought I graduated with them um, and got invited to the 10 year reunion. And it's, it's a whole thing. It's hilarious. Um, That's me. That's amazing though. Yeah. So that started there. And then there's points where like in college, I had to advocate for my team. Actually, I had to advocate for my coach, not my team, because my team was being horrible to my coach. Um, And then there's, you know, it just kind of snowballs. There's always something we went through. So Bobsley happened. I advocated for myself there to try and find loopholes to qualify for the Olympics. I knew the loophole. My federation was not willing to take it. Um, And then the flood of 2013 happened in the town that I live in. And so our area was horrific. And so I actually like myself and uh, another group, we created this entire community group. Uh, Everybody's information we collected, everybody who wanted to be involved was there. We started hosting meetings with our political people. We started um, finding solutions because we sat under, like our houses literally sat underwater for four to three to four weeks while the rest of the town was getting back to life, if you will. Um, And so then I started actually having conversations with government officials or provincial government officials on like, okay, how do we do this? Because we know these homes you cannot move back into these homes. Okay, fine. We can deal with it. Our remediation stuff isn't working and so forth. So uh, through that developed really good relationships with the government officials was hired three times, but I was pregnant. So I chose not to take any job, uh, which probably was the best thing, but we successfully advocated for our community and for a uh, different response program uh, through the disaster relief program that would have helped these people whose homes were like, I know no engineer was going to take their family back into a home where the I-beam had completely fanned open and, you know, given the response of, well, you could just use these U-bolts and squeeze it back together and it'll be good as new. Like no one's going to do that. And you, the engineer definitely isn't going to do that. So why would you expect us to do that? And so we were successful in having a program where if we could prove that the house um, rebuild was either on par or, sorry, on par or less than the cost to actually properly remediate the entire house as it was, then they would demolish the house and give us the funds for rebuilding. And so that was a successful piece. Uh, And I think that gave me the courage that like during really tough times, what should be really emotional times, especially as a pregnant lady, um, that I can really like gain my composure and get to work to get things done. And so then, you know, things other moved on. I advocated for women in sports and yada, yada, yada. And so it's just a natural piece for me. Um, And so now I'm in a, in a part-time job that gives me the opportunity to advocate for our businesses on the provincial level as well. And so we get to go through policy sessions and everything, which then I get to learn that professional really like, um, oh no, special extra inflated procedure of everything. Um, 
and have an understanding of that and how long it takes for some things to happen versus all the other things have been successful really quickly. Uh, so then our town to bring everybody up to like current date and where this whole needing to coach people have to advocate for themselves. Cause that's where I'm at now is helping give mm-hmm. and direction. And um, our town had uh, still has a proposed design for a change room and bathrooms for a swimming pool renovation that's happening um, in, in some other country or some other part of Canada probably would actually have no problem with it. Uh, here in like Redneckville, Alberta, where yes, we still are. We're very conservative. We're not, you know, racists or bigots, but we're very conservative. We still have very traditional, fairly Christian values. Um, and so a singular universal change room option just is not something that the majority of our population is in support of. And so I started advocating with the town council for trying to get them to um, to consider a three change room option. So male, female, gendered, and then the your universal section as well, which is what we see by and large across the country, pretty much across all of North America. Um, I learned so much in this process. I gained a lot of information. And I think the biggest um, reminder piece that I got was when you ask someone to speak about something that is their wheelhouse, they will say yes. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter who they are, but if it's in their wheelhouse and you're giving them an opportunity to talk about what their wheelhouse is, they will take that opportunity and it gives you Mm -hmm. such a great chance to learn and to be curious and to show that you're working to expand your knowledge rather than just stating, I don't agree with this, mm-hmm. leaving it at that. Um, long story short, as it stands right now, I did not win the the bid for a three change room option. However, we were successful in getting them to change their design to get to a much more comfortable and um uh, what would be the word more respectful design layout of that universal change room. So what I learned though, in that process of me trying to get my town on like the residents on board and informed, just simply informed that this is what's happening. Uh, mm-hmm. That we're, we still are so stuck in the, well, I don't agree with it, but I don't have time. So we'll let so-and-so deal with it instead. Or I don't have time to even check the website to see what's on the agenda for the council meetings. Someone else will show up anyways. Or the, like you mentioned earlier, Don, the, well, I'm just one person. So what point, what point is there? And I'll never forget, we were in an open house for this specific issue, and there was, it was a senior lady. She's an aqua-sized lady. She's there every day for those classes. So this is like her second home, this pool. And if you can imagine, like our senior citizens, the concept of changing in the same space, re, like regardless that you are in your own super private change stall, if there is a male next to you, Yes, you just spent an hour in the swimming pool with them. But if you're changing next to them as a senior, it's a very uncomfortable 
position. And we won't even get into the religious side, like our Muslim community, where this is now a religious religious issue. issue. Um, anyway, so I'm speaking with her. And she's like, but I'm one person and I'm an old lady. And like, why, what difference is it going to make if I speak? I said, I'm one person and you found out about it and you showed up. So I made a difference and my age Mm -hmm. doesn't matter because until now you didn't know how old I was. And so she was like, you're right, but why would they listen to me? I said, cause you're paying them to listen to you. So I don't know what happened afterwards, but it was hearing that one person concept. And it's like, that is our universal issue. We have two issues. Our biggest universal issue in Canada, I will speak to is, um, well, I don't agree with it, but I don't have time. So I'll let so-and-so deal with it because they always are the loud mouth or they're always the one doing the work. And our other issue is I'm just one person. And we need to put an end to that because that one person that is always the loud mouth and is always the one dealing with the issues is going to burn out and is going to quit. And also totally understands that while we might start effective as that loud mouth or that person who is always addressing it, over time we become the town crazy person. <laughs> and then we lose all of our validity. Whereas if we can have all of our citizens engaged and all of them respectfully and proactively and with solutions, coming with solutions to the council meetings, to our counselors, to our school boards, to our library boards, wherever it might be in your own home. But if we're all proactively doing these things and bringing solutions to the table, then no one is crazy because that becomes the norm. And that becomes a reminder piece for us that while democracy is amazing, it was designed to fail because the failure begins when the people stop being involved. And that's kind of where we're at. And we're Mm -hmm. watching it right now because our, it's been so great. It has been so great for the last 20, 30 years that we have chosen not to be involved to the point where now that one person, I don't have time. I'm not going to talk about it because then I'm going to be the crazy person. All of that mentality has come to life and we're watching our democracy crumble, but we're not screwed. We just need to remind people that when we start having that faith and confidence within ourselves and within our hearts and within our own homes and communities to say, you know what? I am I'm tired of being the only one deciding what's for dinner. Can you guys please bring in suggestions or find a solution on how we can share the load? Like that starts that confidence piece to them going to work. Be like, you know what? Showing up at eight is really difficult for me because of all these other requirements. How do you feel about me showing up at 830 instead? And I'll work a little bit later on the back end because it's available that opportunity is there, but we are so, so scared and so worried and thinking always about what the negative outcome might be that we stop ourselves and we edit ourselves from just expressing what our needs are. And like I gave really small examples, those ones you can start today. 
But the bigger examples now come into how do we engage ourselves publicly on a public scale, social media, for example, more often we watch all of the shit and all of the grumbling and all of the dirty, gross stuff and all of the, like the things that we know we don't like, but that's what shows up all the time. But we also have an opportunity to advocate for what we believe could be possible by talking about what could be possible, what is possible by sharing those things of the really good stories that should be going on the news rather than the like 600th murder of the year that happened, you know. And so it's uh, it, it's trying it's a remembering, I think, more so is, is getting back to when we had those conversations when we said, you know, I really don't agree with this. But I actually don't understand it. So can someone help me to understand? And so I did a post on that. I actually haven't followed up. I need to follow up on it. But um, I do not understand a lot of the different uh, topics of, of mind right now that are happening in our world. And the universal change rooms is kind of like the catalyst to my lack of understanding. And I, I really want to learn more. But I'm, I guess I'm building the courage to be able to go out and actually actively ask for someone to help educate me because I have it written down. I'm like, I want a kind, rational, thoughtful person on this topic who is willing to see both sides rather than just try and ram through the one because I'm willing to see both sides and I need it reciprocated. And that's what advocacy is as well, is understanding both sides representing the side that we believe to be true, but being open to the conversation of the opposing side so that we can really work to just come together and find that perfect, awesome middle ground that everybody can be happy with. Mm -hmm. Wow. One person can make a difference. Big time. Yeah. Because it spreads too. And it's the awareness piece, right? Yeah, I love uh, uh, what you said about the time and and we've been we've we've learned to be shamed for having a voice. Yes. So say even in high school when I was in high school, way back in the day. Um, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> You know, if you spoke up in class and said, I disagree with or questioned what the teacher said, oh boy, I didn't do it often. But a few times that I did, man, did I get shut down and shamed publicly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It becomes becomes a norm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so no wonder that poor woman feels like her voice doesn't matter. No wonder so many of us are afraid to speak up because we've been taught that speaking up will, you will get shamed somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Taught and and enforced really. It's been, it's been an like a lesson that's been enforced, reinforced, reinforced, reinforced. And hopefully we can use the example of like the whole vaccine thing. And just, just that one sentence that our prime minister did or said, labeling the people who are like, I just want more time and more information before I actually mm-hmm. make a decision. But he yep. actually shut the door after that, where we're like, I'm done. I'm yep. not 
doing this. So what did he do? He shamed publicly. 100%. Yeah. And so what are we used to hearing? Good little Canadians got shamed publicly. Yeah. And that's been taught since we were little. Yeah. Yeah. You think about the school. I got up and I, you know, started reading out loud. I'm a little bit dyslexic and I read super slow. The brain doesn't capture words as fast as some people. And so I had to read out loud and I got ridiculed by the teacher. It told me to just sit down instead of working on it with me and, you know, encouraging kids to be listening and have compassion. Back then it was like, yeah, you get tossed to the side. And so over time we grow up having had a variety of different experiences. And, and now what we're saying is we're finding our voice, but we're finding it not in fear of retaliation mode Um, And that's what happened, like, you know, with this whole Trudeau thing and the whole thing is we came at it peacefully. Yeah. And and then now, you know, he came at it with full force. And people had to step back after that because the hammer came down. Right. Oh, yeah. And. And I think the gift out of that is where we're sitting here right now talking about coming at it, but not from retaliation, coming at it from, okay, I learned something here. And now we're approaching it like you're approaching your advocacy and speaking into what people's fear is and yet honoring it, Yes, bringing it for the ride and saying, okay, I get you're afraid. And you can make a difference just like I did. I was afraid too. And so like the more we honor the fear that we have as a gift, as the messenger, it's a help to, it's like use fear as fuel, not anger, not whatever. Just use it as fuel for love, for whatever, you know, and like teacher, the way there, what's that? As a teacher. Yes, as a teacher. Use it as a teacher. And and I think that, you know, um, I'm part of a group here and we are looking at uh, common law versus maritime law and comparing the two. So we're going to have a we're going to have a um, what do you call it? A, a Like a forum? study group, study oh. group starting cool. in January to learn common law because. Right now, all of our legal, everything, the government operates out of maritime law and and it's completely not, and lawyers know this, um, they learn about maritime law and they learn about common law. And so by learning common law, so it's a whole new language. And, um, you know, I think coming at it from different approaches just gives us our power back totally does individually and then as individuals we can then start collecting more individuals and and if we approach it like you're approaching it from the heart and from making a difference rather than fighting and learning both sides I think our job in a way is to wake people up to the fact that it's okay to have an opinion and it's okay to 
challenge. Like in Buddhism, Buddha encourages you to question the lessons and question religion, religious um, beliefs or, 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 or scriptures in, and in the Jewish faith, they, they have debates over the Quran and like, that's what it's supposed to be about. Science is not science without question. It's not science without debate and, and failure at this and failure at that so that you can come and have this epiphany it's the same yeah so somewhere along the line we became apathetic we became trained in believing that that's the truth it's it and now here we are a whole bunch of us there's a crack a doodle of us yeah. out there doing our little drop the seeds yeah and it'll make a difference i have faith i totally agree i think in the name of dropping the seats, um, there's also, we can do it better. Um, I think it was sometimes we're, and I'm just talking on mass and I know I fall under it too, is there's times where we go and make posts that we think are so great, but they're actually really like, we come across as assholes at times. Yep. And righteous. Righteous. Yeah. For <laughs> A few of those. Things. I'm guilty. <laughs> We're all, I'm guilty too. But there's there's methods, and so like my I'm also a graphic designer, so I pull in and I look at that art world and that music world, and where where were we where were we um, advocated truly, but in a passive form? Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, Banksy. Uh, oh gosh, there's another artist that I can't think of right now. We've got this handful of, of artists in our historical past and like it goes to centuries ago where yes. they used their gift as a way of provoking thought. And in the end, if we can just use the largest marketing platform we have out there, which is our social media platforms, which is this podcast right now, we, if we can use them to simply provoke thought, then we have made an impact because we got Absolutely. you. Yep. Yep. Bang on sister. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing is trying to just get so that we start having those conversations on a higher level, on a more respectful human to human level, but on a level that says like, you know, this is where I stand, but give me an opportunity to maybe shift my thoughts. Yeah. And I think we're all hungry for it. Honestly, I think, I think everyone is, we've just been afraid of it based on so many there's just so many things, you know, it could be family life, it could be all sorts of things, right? And who, how we've come to be who we are in life, you yeah. know? And, but I think more and more people are questioning or reflecting on, you know, who is it that, who am I, yeah. you know? And, and who do, how do I want to land over there, you know? 
Yeah. And I think there's a, a phrase that's starting to be used a lot, which is a remembering, a mm-hmm. remembering of who we are and where yeah. we where we know we once were and can be again. And I think yeah. when we're open to that remembering, then we have like the possibilities are endless at that mm-hmm. point because mm-hmm. we're now receiving what we've been supposed to receive all along truly yeah absolutely yeah remembering is good mm-hmm. it's that inner knowing that has never gone away that little flame and it's been maybe this big but it's always been there yeah and different things hit us at different times and all of a sudden it gets the flame gets fanned yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely and I think it's important to meet people where they're at. Like I'm, I had to learn to meet myself where I'm at yeah. so that I can move forward from there. And, you know, I have situations in my life where some people aren't on the same page as me with certain things. And so I've chosen that the relationship is more important than that. And I actually, that's how I voice it. I know we're not on the same page, but you know what? This relationship is more important to me than than that. And so can we agree to not ignore, still be ourselves and just honor the friendship or honor the relationship? And, you know, that's that in itself makes a difference because I think a couple times now people that I've had that particular conversation with are a little more open to listening rather than being on alert or on defense, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I took a leadership course last year and it, in, in, we, we dealt with like the tough conversations and the best, well, there were two really good points, but the one really good point that I walked away with was when you're having a tough conversation, preface what your intended outcome is before you get into the hard conversation. And every time that I have used it, I've used it on loved ones. I've used it in the work situations and it's, it comes out so well because you can see like, they're prepared to fight. And when you say, you know, I am coming from a place of love and understanding and my intention of this is so that we can come to a resolution or we can have respect for each other. We can have a better understanding of what each other's needs are. They just relax because it's not to attack. It's to learn. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 And, and, and they feel that too, because we're not all riled up coming into that conversation versus someone saying, you know, I'm afraid to tell you anything because you're going to blow up on me. Yeah. Yeah. Big difference and setting the stage with, you know, my real intention here is to speak my truth from love and to, have a respectful conversation with you so that we can both come out of this having been heard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. It's a good reminder for us as well, because we can Mm -hmm. always go back to that when we feel intense up and, and it's just that little brain reminder that no, I don't need to, I don't need to defend myself. 
This is not about defense. This is about understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here, sister. Yeah. Now for our town councils to operate that way. (laughs) You know, we just have to keep plugging away at it. I mean, we're working on it here too. I keep, you know, there's a few people in my community who, you know, they're still in rally mode. They're still in mode. I just keep dropping the seed. That time's over. That time has come and gone. It's time to go in here. And I just keep saying it over and over and over. And I give little examples like you did today. And, you know, and and that's the seed I'm dropping. And I'm not getting, I thought I had to get involved in all the things. No. And I've actually really pulled back and I've gone to, I need to take care of this nervous system. I need to take care of what matters to me. And by doing what I love, which is contributing to women or, you know, in their home, I can inject my love and my passion and my intention that way because I'm taking care of myself. And by taking care of myself, I'm grounded in order to receive perhaps some of that other stuff. I don't get to be in reaction. I get to be in response mode, which is a huge difference. That's the thing for me that this gift has given me. That's so beautiful. And in really, if you've helped over a thousand strangers and then add in the people you know, chances are you've actually helped close to. 10,000 by way of them spreading the knowledge or even just the little tidbits of, of, you know, that talking therapy, they've spread it with other people too. So the, the impact is so true. One drop creates a ripple. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I think it's just, yeah, we just have to believe that, that we do make a difference. We absolutely know. Yeah. And and keep reminding each other because we all hit a wall. Sometimes we think, Oh God, why am I doing this? And is this the right thing? And you know, yeah. And then I'll reach out to someone and say, you know what? I need a kick in the butt today or whatever. You know, I, I do that. Sometimes I'm feeling in that victim or I'm just feeling like my energy's low and I'm like, what's going on. And I'm feeling all down on myself. Yeah. Right. Cause I have, unfulfilled expectations of who I'm supposed to be or how it's supposed to look. And so the upset is over here, but sometimes I'll reach out to someone who I know they're really going to kick my butt because I know I need it, you know, and they always come back with something super loving. And even if it's just a meme or, or a little joke or whatever, but it's just like with that little bit of jab in there just to go yeah wake up dom you know just the little reminders that you are human and you're gonna have a bad day and sometimes we need to snap out of it right so grateful for this community i can't even tell you me too it's so freaking awesome It is. I could talk all day with you i know you're gonna it though <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, is- well, I have to I have to get to work. (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs) Well, Dom, I want to thank you so much because this, like you said, we could talk 
all day. But as the universe has it again, we're entering 1111. It seems to be the perfect ending point for almost every single one of my interviews. And I, I learned so much from you. And I appreciate thank you so much for asking me to speak about me as well. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, that's part of what you're doing too. You know, it's one thing to talk to people, but I think it's important to, you know, like just share ourselves. We're here together to learn from each other. And it's, you know, it can't just be a one-sided conversation. I don't believe in that. So yeah, yeah thank you. Cause I learned so much about, yeah, I've made every time I'm looking down, you don't think I was distracted. I've got like, I've got notes here, you know, Me too. <laughs> it's great. It's awesome because all the nuggets make such a difference. Yeah. They do. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best of luck in everything you do. And I, I love, love watching you. And I'm so glad that we're connected. Me too. Thank you so much. And ditto. I, I'm learning. I love what you're doing and the approach you're taking. So like I said before, it's just really, I'm listening. I'm paying close attention. Good. Yeah. That's good. Then it's making an impact. Absolutely. Fabulous. Thanks. One drop at a time. We're doing it. One drop at a time. That's